0: Hi there, this is Sam Musgrave, pastor over college and young adult ministry at Trinity Community Church. This podcast is a collection of the sermons from our gatherings. I'm so grateful you've joined us for our study through the doctrine of repentance. My prayer is that you will grow in knowledge and love for King Jesus, or maybe come to faith in Him for the very first time. Join me now for this sermon on the doctrine of repentance.
1: it demands sight of sin. We have to see sin. Otherwise we can't repent from it. We have to have sorrow for sin. How can we repent over sin which does not cause sorrow in our hearts? We have to confess that sin. What good is our repentance? Is it repentance at all? Unless we agree with God about the sinfulness of sin. Repentance is shame for sin. You see, it's not just sorrow for sin. Because I'm afraid that many people might confuse sorrow over sin with sorrow over what sin does to them. You see, we have that shame for the sin itself. if we have shame for sin, do we not have hatred for sin? Hatred for that which incurs guilt, which brings shame upon us. Animosity with it. A dead relationship to it. And if we see sin and have sorrow for sin and confess sin with shame for sin and hatred for sin, well then would it be the natural consequence that you and I was a very serious young man. He loved the Lord, and he hated particularly the cruelty of Rome. You know how all of us have particular things, particular sins that we find extraordinarily offensive? Things that that we are repelled against most. I think some of my friends when God saved them, uh, saved them from real foul speech, and so once they were converted, they like they hated even hearing foul language. Yeah, I've, I've had other friends that were saved from a life of sexual promiscuity, and so they're, they're super sensitive to anything that's seen on the TV screen that's even slightly sensual. Or others like that well, Olympias particularly hated the cruelty of Rome. And so his friends, one day, ungodly friends, used what Augustine calls friendly violence to force him into the Colosseum. You can imagine his, his mates playing a frame on him, pushing him into the Colosseum. Augustine wrote, and I now quote, The entire place seethed with the most monstrous delight in the cruelty. Olympias kept his eyes shut and forbade his mind to think about such fearful evils. maybe for the purpose of this series, what sin are you beholding? What worldliness are you beholding? Let's make it even more general in sin. We deceive ourselves. Sin is deceitful. Sin doesn't want you to see it as sin. And so let me ask you something, what is not excellent? What is not honorable? What if Christ was sitting next to you, which is that the lights It was it was a family that was running from a bear that was chasing them. And the family runs to the door. They're freaking out. Like, they're scared to death. It's not like this funny, playful thing. They are blood-curdling screams. <laughs> and they run into the house. And this little dog runs behind them, runs up to the doorstep, stops, and then looks around to see how <laughs> the bear just comes charging. And the dog flies. And here's the thing. I want you to think about it. It was actually kind of funny because the caption said the dog looked behind him to see if he was hallucinating. It was just funny. Anyway, the point being this. You're never just running from something. You're always running to something. What were they running to? They were running to safety. Right? They were running to the house, to safety. My friends, you're never running. Repentance isn't complete. If you're just... Trying to will yourself to stop that thing. It can't just be turning from something. You have to fill your mind with something greater. It can't just be something else. It has to be something greater, something lovelier, something more magnificent, something more pleasant, something more satisfying, something more enriching, something more meaningful. Something your heart can grow into and not shrink onto. We need something. And that's the only thing that's bigger than anything. That's more deep and more wide and more high and more vast than anything in our lives is the person of Jesus Christ. It is God in Christ. He is the only thing that's going to satisfy us. Yeah, but I sometimes try to look at Him when I'm feeling... You know, a particular lust or temptation or whatever, a desire or a discontentment, and, and, and it doesn't he doesn't fix things when I I, I I read the word. Well, stay there. Keep reading, keep asking, keep listening until your heart grows around him, and the things of earth grow strangely dim. Have you ever thought about that lyric? Strangely dim. Why strangely dim? Because it's strange to you and I that that thing which was once so attractive has now
0: become dim. It's even strange to us. We we, we look at
1: Christ until all of a sudden that thing we lived for, that thing that conquered us, that thing that ruled us, that thing that we served and obeyed, all of a sudden becomes weirdly dim. What is happening to me? And you find yourself saying things like that. Now, in Hebrew, the word repent is shuv. It just means turn. Turn. It's the word you would use if you were giving directions on how to get to Trinity Community Church. I shoo on mini-walla, then I shoo on copper, then I shoo on willow, then I shoo into the parking lot. You turn, you turn, you turn. And Joel 2 uses weeping and turning together. All these things that we've talked about, these ingredients of repentance, they're not steps. I don't want you guys to think, okay, I have to cease sin. Okay, now I have to sorrow over it. Now I confess it. Now I have shame for it. Now I hate it. And now I turn from it. That's not it. Repentance is a simple action that involves all that. True repentance always involves all those things. It's just something you do. And it involves all of those characteristics. Ezekiel 14 says, repent and turn yourselves. Turn yourselves from your idols and turn away your faces from all your abominations. My friends, do you believe Christ or do you not? If you believe Him, then you listen to Him, you obey Him, and you say, I've got idols in my life, I've got things that I worship, things that I enjoy more than God, things that that my heart loves more than Christ, and I am either going to rip my face away from looking at those things, spending time with those things, meditating on those things, and I'm going to put my face toward Christ. That's what the command is. Listen, I know what it's like, you guys. I live with it too. I struggle through it too. I know what it's like to be under the Word of God and to hear something and go, oh, that'll preach. Oh, that was a good statement. Oh, that was great. Ooh, that felt, I felt that. And then walk out the door and do absolutely nothing with it. Don't do that. Listen to the word of God. Repent. Turn your face from those idols and live. Understand what it is to truly live, to have true joy. The word of God is written that you and I might have joy and have joy to the max, joy to the fullest. And we've been robbing ourselves. We've been cutting ourselves short. We're far too easily pleased. You see, repentance, true repentance that we've been hearing, it eats sin up like acid. Repentance is the death of sin. Repentance turns dark to light, Ephesians 5 says. Repentance makes onlookers marvel in Acts 9. Repentance made the Philippian jailer nurse his prisoner, Paul, back to health. That's real repentance in Acts 16. Repentance turns the hellbound heavenward. You remember how the Ninevites were reformed beyond recognition. Beyond, right, you would not have recognized Nineveh the day after Jonah was there. It was a totally different place. Repentance puts another soul in the same body. True repentance turns the heart. It converts the heart. Isaiah 55 says, let the wicked forsake his way. My friends, some of you have, have yet to repent for the first time. We all know that Christian life is that you keep repenting. It's it's a constant repenting. My face is constantly moving away from Christ to lesser things. And I'm having to constantly put my face, my eyes, my everything back on Christ. That is Christian life. But some of you have yet to even begin that. Some of you have yet to even walk through the door. And Isaiah 55 says, let the wicked forsake his way. You're on the way to destruction. You're on the way to hell. You're on the way to meet God's justice forever. And He is telling you with a welling heart of love I am unwilling that you continue in that way and perish. I don't want that. Oh, that you would turn and live. One rebel hiding in your house makes you a what? A traitor. An indulgence of one sin is treason against heaven's crown. Acts 20 says that repentance is repentance is toward God. It's always Godward. You cannot repent from a sin unto something other than God. It has to be toward God. It's got to be Godward. True repentance turns in love to God. Friend, listen. Neither fear of hell nor desire of heaven can save. People aren't saved because they fear hell or desire heaven. Only the fire of love for God will separate souls that have long been frozen to their sins. Turn from sin and pull the arrow from the body. Turn from sin to God and apply the medicine that he gives to the wounds. Now notice Hosea the prophet said, they turn. They're behavior modifying, but not upward. They're not looking upward. They're not looking Godward. They're they're, they're changing little habits here and there. They stopped worshiping Molech, but they started worshiping bell. They stopped being greedy, but now they're miserly. You see, That's what the world does, guys. It'll it'll, it'll stop one habit, and it'll it'll obsess over another habit, that it finds more attractive in the world's eyes. That's not real repentance. That's not repenting upward, repenting Godward. And so, grit your teeth and leave sin, but you've not repented until you turn to God. You can desert Satan's camp, but that's not pledging allegiance to King Jesus. No one wants to be in Satan's camp. Repentance turns and does not return. Fake turning, fake repentance, returns like pigs to the mud, like dogs to the puke. I think I've mentioned puke every week so far, which is a goal of mine. So Acts 3. God raised up his servant, Peter says. And sent him, this is speaking of Jesus. Watch this, this is so fascinating. God raised up his servant, raised him from death, raised him to heaven's throne. He now reigns. And he sent him to you to bless you by. You want to know how Jesus blesses us? the anxious and the frantic. He, he brings it down to where you see that in the very belly of your soul it's that you don't trust God and you want control. And He brings you to grief over that and to delight in Him who rules all things for your good far better than you can do for yourself. The God of all delights, of all sensory delights, why have I perverted His good
0: creation?
1: If you see what sin is, but don't hate
0: and turn from it with shame and sorrow, you are a half-repenter, which is no
1: repenter. And your corruption is stronger than your conviction. Ezekiel 33 says, As I live, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked. Turn, turn from your evil ways. you ever thought about this? Your repentance doesn't benefit God. The only person your repentance benefits is you. Your repentance is adding nothing to God. God doesn't need your repentance. You need your repentance. I need my repentance. Does the fountain benefit when we drink from it? Does the sun benefit when we enjoy its warmth his life and its light and its energy. God is the author. It's by his kindness that we're led to repentance. He benefits not at all by my repentance. I'm the only one that benefits entirely. And we say, Psalm 86, turn to me and have mercy on me. God says in Zechariah 1, turn to me, says the Lord. That's right. right. It. The people in the two towers were not worse sinners than everyone else on September 11th. No, 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 no. That's, that's not what happened. But unless, Jesus says, unless you, living, breathing, hearing me right now, unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Watch as He doubles down again. He says, I tell you, no, they were not worse Sinners. But unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. Now tell me how popular that Jesus is in the world out there. Tell tell me how the American churches are preaching that Jesus. He said it not once, but twice, back to back. And you're not going to get that in precious moments, Bible. (laughs) But it's what Jesus said. What did Jesus say that the tax collector, cried right, in Luke 18, just a few chapters later? God, be merciful to me, the sinner. He pounded his chest, and I'm, I'm falsely representing him because he refused to look to heaven. He did not think himself worthy. Now, to that tax collector go, be merciful to me, the sinner. Okay, I did that. I'm going back to my tax booth. I'm going to continue to what, commit fraud and, and exploit my people. Is that what he did? That No, he he turned from his sin. Luke 13, I'm sorry, Luke, uh, John 8, this is Jesus again, John 8, John 14, Jesus says, you are from below, I am from above, you are of this world, I am not of this world, therefore I said to you that you will die in your sins. For unless you believe that I am, that's God, you will die of your sins. You see, believing that Jesus is God, believing that Jesus is, in fact, the God of Scripture, changes us. Matthew 7, 21, Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Who will? He who does what my Father who does the will of my Father who is in heaven will enter. What did Peter and Paul say? Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 3, Acts chapter 17. Repent and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Repent and return. Turn so that your sins may be wiped away. God is now, right now, commanding men to That everyone, everywhere, should repent. Repentance is not an option. Repentance is a command. Repentance is not an offer. Repentance is an order. 2 Peter 3.9 The Lord is not slow about His promise. That some people look and they go, Come on. You still believe in Jesus? He's been away for 2,000 years. You think He's coming back? To judge the living and the dead? To reign with his people? You, you're really holding on to that hope? And Peter said, The Lord is not slow. He's not slow about his promise, as some consider slowness. He's patient toward you. He's patient. Not willing for any to perish, but for all to come to repentance. Now is he waiting for you to, to think about what you've done? Is that what it's saying? Is he unwilling that we perish? But just wanting us to just reconsider it. Romans 6, or do you not know that all of us who are baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death? As Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, so we too might walk in new Did Jesus die? How many synonyms have you replaced for repentant? How many synonyms have you, have you shifted in there and put in there for repentant? Well, I feel really bad about that. I feel bad about that. Yeah, that's the Holy Spirit convicting the world. You're no different than an unbeliever. If you stop that, Critters on planet Earth
0: could be given a voice and they could plead for an unrepenting person,
1: but God will not break His own law. There's no sinner saved except the repenting sinner, the repentant person. Exodus 34. Listen. The Lord God, merciful and gracious, keeping mercy for thousands, will by no means clear the guilty. Jesus says, unless you As if you've never offended Him. More than that, better than that, God the Father sees you as if you've always pleased Him. He sees you if everything you've ever thought, felt, said or done was to His delight. He is your friend if you live repenting. He is only your friend. He's not your enemy and then your friend your enemy then your friend your, is your enemy and then your friend based on your repentance. If the life that you live is one of humility before the Lord, crushed spirit, broken heart, Lord I'm a sinner. I know I'm a sinner. I agree with you. I hate it. I'm ashamed for it. I'm turning, I'm turning, I'm turning to you. He is only friend. He is only always friend. And never foe. He's the pacified father who falls on our neck And kisses us. Paul tells Timothy, I was all bestrewed with mercy. Bestrewed with mercy. It overflows me. It enveloped me. It swallowed me whole. Second, God obliviates the sin he forgives. God obliviates. You heard me. He obliviates. He doesn't file it. He doesn't put it in his his forgiven file cabinet. He obliviates the sin. He forgives. Jeremiah 31. I will remember their sin. No more. Not sometimes. Not when they really push me. No more I I will remember their sin done. It's out. I've put it out of my mind. I call it to mine no longer. After Peter wept, watch this. After Peter wept, he betrayed Christ three times. There is Jesus' is being condemned and sentenced to death. Peter wept. He went out bitterly and he wept. And on the morning of Jesus' resurrection, Jesus calls for his disciples. He said, I especially want you to bring Peter. Peter especially needs to see. Peter especially needs to hear my voice and how many times does Jesus ever mention Peter's failings? Once? Twice? Three times? How about never? Never once does he even bring it to mind. He is so big. He's so wonderful. He's so forgiving. He comes out and all he can think about is I better get to heaven so I can start interceding for you. So I can start advocating for you. So that I can bring you to glory so that you can see the glory that I have in my Father before the world began. He only thinks, He only thinks about doing us more and more good. We think that we're getting the last little droplet of His grace and His mercy. Oh, I know. If you could just please squeeze out just a little bit more pardon for me. Because are you kidding me? You're the only one that's pinching the ocean of my mercy with the way that you see me. Let her go. Let me forgive you. Let me love you. Micah 7. says that he casts sin to the sea and it's like sinking lead. But you and I, we look at it like floating cork. We think that he scatters it on the sea and we're like, yeah, I still see it. They're floating on the surface of the water. He says, no, I'll put it down. Down, down. It's like the Titanic. At the bottom of the ocean. No one's ever getting that thing up. Not even James Cannon. Isaiah 43, one of my all time favorite, favorite scriptures. I. Yes, I. I am the one who wipes out your transgressions. For my own. And I will not remember your sins. My friends, do you want to know what God brags about? You want to know what he huddles up the armies of heaven around to boast about? You want to know how God beats his chest and clamors his sword on his shield? You want to know his war cry. You want to know how he gets the rally of heaven. blocks out their sin. And I will never remember their offenses. This is what gets heaven jumping. Because this is what gets God jumping. Psalm 103. He has not dealt with us according to our sins. How often is that true for the believer? How often is that true for the forgiven? He does not deal with you or I according to our sins ever. Ever. Yeah, this time I really screwed up, Sam. Ever. Never. Never. Ever. And He has not rewarded us according to our iniquities. Thirdly, the repenting sinner go to God with boldness in prayer. With boldness. With confidence because of what He says. Not because of our performance, but what He promises. And we must look on Him as Father and not as Judge. As Father and not as Judge. He is born of God and heir to a kingdom. You come bold. Born of God, and heir to His kingdom, you are encircled with His promises. Shake the tree of God's promises, and fruit will always fall. I want to read a few scriptures for you. Zechariah three seventeen. Yahweh, your God is in your midst, a um, mighty one who will save. He will be joyful over you with gladness. He will be quiet in His love. He will rejoice over you with joyful singing. I think it's the strangest thing in the world. You want to talk about the deceitfulness of sin? It's the strangest thing in the world that we think that when we come Repenting yet again for that same thing, that he's somehow growing less patient. Every time he sees us on the horizon, returning from our slogging in the mire with the pigs, he runs out to wrap us up in his love and to celebrate. Psalm 51. 32 verse 7 David says I will teach sinners your way so that they are converted to you turned to you lastly when we turn from sin when we really repent we look on death with comfort a life of tears of tears of repentance, a life that's been griefed by sin and slogged through. A life of tears greets death where all those tears get wiped away. Death for the repentant is not destruction. Death for the repentance is deliverance from this prison, from the body of this death, as Paul would have it in Romans 7. Four questions you discuss as you break off into your small groups why is repentance simply not repentance if we don't ask for that now. Do that work in us, oh Father, we pray, by your kindness, by your grace, by your mercy, by your boast in Christ, that you are the one, you are the one, that blots out our sins. And remembers them no more. We ask, Father, that you would sanctify our singing and our fellowship now as we prepare for them. In Christ's name.
0: Thank you for joining me for this sermon from the Trinity College and Young Adult Ministry. We would love for you to join us in person soon. We meet on Sundays at 5.30 p.m. For up-to-date information, follow our Instagram at trinityc.ya. For information regarding Trinity Community Church, visit trinitycc.com. And if you're interested in a great Bible college here in the area, check out Cal Christian CalChristianCollege.com. Dot edu. Tune in next Tuesday for the next episode in our series. Until he returns, may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you.